is the Influencer Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm here again with our founder, Rocky Fleming, and want to welcome you, Rocky. Thanks, Brian. Good to be here. We uh, we love doing these together, just uh, trying to be an encouragement to everybody out there. And sh- a lot of times just sharing things that we're wrestling with and, and chewing on and looking for truth in. And we just want to share them and maybe uh, inspire you, but also maybe get you all out there thinking about it and digging into the scripture yourselves and, and asking the Lord what he wants to say to you about it. So, you know, so Brian, uh, may I say this? If I yeah. can. You know, we're, we're, we're just ordinary men. Uh, we, we come from a businessman background and we're. Uh, we're not uh, the most skilled communicators, I guess you'd say. We're God has chosen us to do the work that we do and to use ordinary men. And I think that's the one he is able to use the most because a lot of times our talents don't get in the way. But, you know, the thing that uh, that is the truth, and that is everything that we do share comes out of what we're discovering personally. It's in those uh, early quiet times and those wrestling through even the news, asking ourselves the question, well, what does this mean and how do we respond to it? And and we're just always trying to look at what's going on around us uh, and then a a biblical uh, worldview, uh, look at it through the grid of our relationship with Christ and what that means, because it is we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. And, and, you know, the, the thing that I, I feel is, is the sacred responsibility that God has given us is to share this, to help others see what we're seeing. We're not wanting to control them. We're not wanting to uh, unduly influence them toward ourselves, but we want them to see it through Scripture and through, uh, you know, the things that are going on. This is what happens when you become a self-feeder and you make application of those scriptures in your life, they walk you through how to see things, how to observe them, and even how to respond to them. So I would say that this is simply our response to what we're seeking and reading. You know, uh, you reminded me of something. I just want to throw a little bonus nugget in here, but I was reading a book and it was talking about how a lot of people can read scripture and read it as if they're reading a newspaper or a textbook where they're just trying to kind of skim through it and get a little bit of information or for their day and check the box that they've, they've done their job. But they said, what God wants, this author said, is to read it like it's a love letter. Mm. And if you're reading a love letter, boy, you're looking for every word. You want the meaning behind every word. You want to know what the person who sent it to you, it was really trying to say to you personally. Yeah. Mm. It is a love letter. Yeah. But it's an instruction manual on how to live life to live it abundantly and to, to live it according to the way God would bless us. Mm. And so uh, that's why I say it's very important. Well, that, that kind of brings us up to kind of our topic for today. And I would say that uh, 
Rocky, you and I have been talking with different people, and there are a lot of Christians out there that are concerned about the days that we're living in, and they're concerned about what's going to happen with Christians. Or is persecution going to start coming to Christians in this country? Are they going to start taking away rights of Christians? And, you know, there's a lot of people concerned about these things, and, yeah. and rightly so. Be, um, yeah. And uh in the midst of all that, you were in your quiet time, Rocky, and, and you happen to be in Psalm 11. And I'm just going to read it. It's a short, it's only seven verses. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about what God was talking to you in the, in the context of that. Sure. It says, uh, in the Lord, I take refuge. How can you say to my soul? Flee like a bird to your mountain, for behold, the wicked bend the bow. They fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in the heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked, fire and sulfur, and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves the righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Hmm. And and out of the, the the part that caught you, I think, was verse one, talking about when things are coming at us, are we supposed to flee? You know, that's the temptation to flee, flee to the mountains. Mm -hmm. So so go ahead, Rocky, and jump in on what where God well, took you in your in your quiet time with that. I think fleeing is a reaction. Uh, and we can imagine it if we're running from a tornado, we're fleeing, right? Uh, it, there are certain things that, that come at us and we need to run from it. We flee from it. But uh, there are also threats that will come at us. And the question is, do we run and flee or do we kneel? And I have this kind of this idea in my mind of what I'm thinking about is you can see, I can see a, a really strong warrior that's surrounded by a large enemy more than he can handle. And, and it would be real easy for him to, you know, cut and run and, and call out to everybody else, every man on his own, and which is the way of the world. Uh, but I can also see one of them that says, no. I'm going to kneel before my king and I'm going to ask him what to do and I'm going to wait on his power to enable me. And that's an action rather than a reaction. Now, the reason this kind of got going with me is that like a lot of people, I'm looking at current events. And I hate to enter into the area of politics, and this is not politics. This is a social changes that are occurring in this country that will affect uh, our freedoms as Christians that we've enjoyed for many, 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 many years. And the thing that I don't think we see history uh, very well, and if you don't know history, you're not going to be able to predict the future. And history oftentimes repeats itself, and especially in the area of, of social norms. And I did a little research on this, and I, and I was looking into it to try to understand why the left seems so against Christian values, against prayer, against those things that we hold dear. Uh, they are for those things that stand almost in the face of the things that we see in Scripture that says that 
that this is sin. Uh, this is corruption. This is wrong. People ask me about certain aspects of what do I believe about certain things. I say, go read the Bible. Come back with your question after you read the Bible, and then we'll discuss that scripture. Take whatever you are looking for an answer for. Go to the Bible, find the answer, and then come back. But here's what you'll hear from me is I believe what the Bible says, I, and I try to find follow scripture. And a lot of times I don't understand certain things, but I still want to be obedient to that which I know to be true about Scripture. And this thing about history, Brian, I began to ask the question, why is this left so against what we're doing in, in the faith? Why are they against Christianity? You have to, you can't deny it. I mean, it, we've seen it. And they can declare they're not, but they are. And um, and I got to looking at history, and one of the things that stood out was in like 1848 or somewhere around that time, Karl Marx and a man named Ingersoll came up with a scientific experimentation, social experimentation, they call it, which was uh, is communism. And they uh, they pretty well they wrote the Communist Manifesto at that time. And Karl Marx is, is the one who said that religion is the opium of the masses. And he went on with that by saying that you cannot have a society that matures into the future as long as it's held back by re religion. Uh, and so religion has got to go. Bottom line, God is not here. God is, he didn't believe in God. He thinks religion is against uh, the good of the people. And so in his mind, if you're going to be a communist, if you're going to be a socialist, then you got to take that out. And we see that that's what happened. That's what happened in the USSR. That's what we've seen in communist countries, that they have always been against people of faith. And is it little wonder that we're seeing socialists now that are revealing what history has shown in so many countries that we've seen it happen. And when they take power, then they try to take religion out. They try to take the faith out of the equation. And uh, I think that's starting to happen. And, and the question is, it might very well happen. And if it does, what do we do? Personally, I'd like to think that uh, the body of Christ is big enough that we would understand that our battle is to be fought together on our knees. That's where we come with kneel or flee. And I personally believe that the answer there is going to be when we have all these millions of Christians that will, will actually respond to what the Lord said about if my people will humble themselves, if they humble themselves. If they repent of their sin, sins, basically, if they'll come to him, that he'll heal our land. They said our, his people, not all the people, but his people, the Christians in this country, if we come together. And I would like to think that we still have a chance to resist this. But I think it's got to be resisted with, with our unity and our prayer. This is where, this is where we fight our fights on our knees. Now, the, uh, 
the fact is, is it might not happen, Brian. It might not, they might, we might not unify to do that. We might not stand together. We might not mount prayers. There are a lot of people praying. We're praying. But it might not happen. It might just keep steam rolling down, and we see that this country will open the doors for regimes that will be hostile to Christianity and to Christians. And now the question is this. What do I as an individual, what do I do as a dad? What do I do as a family man? What do I do as a business owner? What do I do as a person that I can see persecution coming at me, at us? What do I do? Do I flee or do I kneel? And that's why I feel like it's very relevant here to understand that God is bigger than the threats that come at us. But we need to ask him to open our eyes to see how big he is rather than to see how big those threats are. Mm. Um, I'm thinking of the, you know, in Ephesians 6, when Paul's talking about spiritual warfare, you know, putting on the armor of God. But but it just strikes me when he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And and I, maybe that's a maybe it's a little different take on it, but it's like, behind whatever's happening with some of these people who are trying to do communism or control people or put Christianity out. It's an evil agenda. It's the devil's behind it. He's trying, because he can't stay, the one who can't stand Christianity the most is the devil. And he's trying to destroy it and and uses people sometimes to do it. But, but, but Paul's encouraging us to do what you're saying is use spiritual armory to use spiritual weapons. Paul even says to pray at all times, you know, and use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, but, but also when you, uh, we, when we were talking about this topic, uh, and you talk about opening the eyes, if we, if we kneel, God will open our eyes. Uh, we were talking about the story of Elisha and, uh, which is a great story. Um, Elisha, one of the prophets and, and, uh, the enemies were tired of Elisha and they were coming after him and, uh, they had him pinned in. Uh, you know, he was staying in a little small house and they were, they had him surrounded. I mean, the, the, I guess it was the Assyrian army, but I mean, they had, they, it was looking pretty bleak and his servant was terrified. Yeah. And, and, and he couldn't understand why Elisha was, was calm. <laughs> he could not understand it. And so it says, uh, this is in second uh, Kings chapter six. Um, it says, uh, so the servant said to Elisha, master, what shall we do? He said, and then Elijah said, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And then it goes on to talk about what happened where God delivered them in a really miraculous way. But but let's talk about that story and why that is, relates to this. Well, I tell you, I love this story and, and I would, I would uh, encourage everybody to read this because the first thing we see here is a, a perspective change because I, I take it that Elisha saw with the eyes of faith rather than his physical eyes. And with the eyes of faith, he knew that there was a greater presence of God around him. And he didn't know, I don't think he knew that there were that many people around him or angels around him, but I, I, I think he knew 
that there was a, a, an almighty strength that was on his side that was around him. And he saw that with faith. But he asked his, uh, the Lord to show his servant with these peepers that we have. Open his eyes so he can literally see, see these spiritual warriors around him. And that's, that's what happened. Now, this is interesting because a lot of times we think, okay, great, man. That's a great story, right? Because uh, we, we got a good defense here. Well, not, we're not just limited to defense here. We, got, we can put points on the board, too. We've got some offense. So that's where the rest of the story <laughs> continues, which I love. Because then Elijah said, now, Lord, blind the eyes of the, that army around him. And so he did. And so Elisha went out there. So who do you seek? And he said, well, we let's seek this man talking about Elisha. He said, well, hey, I'll take you to find him. They said, okay. So he led them off. And uh, I don't know how long it took him to get that whole army there, but he got them to a place that they would not want to be. And then he says, now, Lord, would you open their eyes to see? And they opened their eyes, and they were in the middle of Samaria, which was not where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about that is that not only does God give us a defense, but he also gives us a strategy how to deal with these enemies. Mm. Now, you made an interesting point about evil that drives the people that that are, are causing these things. That I think that's one of the things that we are short-sighted in. I think that's where we need to have our eyes opened up. It's not people. Mm-hmm. We have people that are spokesmen. We have people that are politicians that are making decisions. We have people that are, I think probably it'd be pretty easy to say evil people, but the truth, truth is they're just people. But they have an evil power that's behind them that either inspires them or causes them to do the things they do. And, and I think that we, we would probably be not uh, embracing this time of our life in being able to help people that don't see things like we do to look at them as the enemy. That our, our best plan is to pray against the evil that's behind them, that's driving them. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, if any of these people came to know Christ, and learn to abide with him and understand his heart, that they would understand that many of the decisions that they're making, uh, well, they'd understand how, how poor they are and how destructive they are, even for themselves. Yeah, I was going to say, Rocky, that I, a lot of these people probably don't even know they're being used by evil. Um, but, you know, Scripture says, uh, I remember when Joshua said, you know, choose for yourself today whom you're going to serve. You know, we all serve somebody. And if you're not, if you choose not to serve Christ and all that, well, then you're serving the devil's purposes, whether you like it or not. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And so uh, people just don't realize that. They don't understand that. Well, even Peter didn't realize it when he was telling Jesus, no, don't go there. They'll kill you. And he said, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. And boy, what a slap in the face. But I think, the, I think Jesus saw the evil that was trying to create fear. And Peter, Peter didn't know what was going on. He didn't know that he was, you know, trying to dissuade Jesus away from his mission. He just wanted to save a friend. Mm-hmm. And he, he knew the reality of what's happening. There are people there with a, they've got a, a hit called up on you. They, they want to get you. Mm. 
And uh, that was that was apparent. Everybody knew that. But there was there was something behind him that was creating that panic and that perspective. And so even the best people can be uh, misled. And that's mm-hmm. the point I'm making. Well, and, and here we are 20 years into the history of influencers and we've got thousands, there's thousands of men and women out there who've been through a journey group and, and, and learned about abiding in Christ and, and some of the tools that they need to, to walk and make disciples and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the other day someone was saying, well, we, we got to help these people get ready. We got to help them get ready for the coming persecution or the coming challenges. And, and you're kind of like, well, what do you think we've been doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. So so explain that. Well, what do you do? I mean, okay, we're going to have persecution and we're going to have people coming after us with guns or whatever. So what do you think you need to do? Go get a cave and equip it? Do you need to go to the mountains and and put a fortress around it? Do you need to get a bunch of guns? Do you need to get all these things? I mean, is that is that how you prepare for this? Uh, if you do, I think that you're uh, going to, like Jesus says, he lives by the sword or die by the sword. And uh, I, I think that there, and I know the person we're talking about who is a, a beloved friend, but I think that he was looking at it from a, almost a, like a perspective, we've got to do something. And I am firmly convinced that what we're doing is, in helping people learn how to walk with Jesus. Now, what does walk with Jesus mean? It means to abide with him, of course. This is the word we use, but it is an intimate relationship with him where we're able to sense leadership from him. We sense uh, a direction for the steps that we take. And when we walk with him, he guides us on our path. It's like walking in a minefield. And you can't see the minds, and you're blind. But you have you have somebody who sees the minds, and they know they're there. And he's talking you through it. He stands behind you, say, "Now, no, don't step that way. Go right of that. Take two steps that way, and then go left." In other words, we're having to depend on his voice to walk through that minefield. And this is how I see preparing someone for the things that could come at us, and that is showing them how to hear the Lord's voice and how to follow his leadership, how to respond to it. This is the best battle plan that I think we could ever have going forward in the, in the threats that we might be having. Uh, I think that, I think the other plans, they just, they will not, they will not stand up against it. They don't accomplish anything, but the kind of battle plan we have will God will move greatly. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to be a part of is the great work of God rather than the great work of man. Well, and I think, I think uh, if people really think about it, they've seen people like this and I hope that they are that they themselves are like this, that they're the ones who remain calm in the middle of all the storms when everybody else is losing their head, they're staying calm because like, like Elijah was calm. Uh, where the servant was losing his head, but the, Elisha was calm. And uh, it's because of their abiding. When you're abiding, it gives you a confidence. It gives you a strength. It gives you hope um, that God's bigger than anything that could come at us. And uh, and so I hope our influencers out there are 
you know, taking the things that, that they've learned and are pressing it. But not only that, but they're sharing them with those that they influence, sharing them with their family, being the rock for their family and the people that are looking to them for answers. Because everybody's got people looking to them for. And, and if we're those people that are, you know, steadfast, have our face set like Flint, like Jesus and uh, determined, um, it will make an impact on those people around us, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Brian, 20 years ago when we when we began this, it was an upstart thing with man working with seven guys, and then they started working with a few people around them. And we've always been a ministry that, that starts small, goes deep, and prays big. Uh, we have seen the, the growth factor uh, occur exponentially because of the dynamics that we seek, and that's to abide with Christ. And Jesus says, if you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. So we know that all of the fruit has been as a result of the abiding. Uh, so the, the, but all along when we were kind of a little humble scratch built scratch, you know, organization here that we didn't have many people that were seeing as much as a, seeing us that much of as influencers on the, on the world, uh, maybe, maybe in our little town or something, but not, not where we are now. Uh, and I think that uh, what's occurred is that since we have grown to the point we have, we have more and more people that want to, want to win us to a side. They want to win us to stand with them to uh, pursue a strategy that they have that might very well be to do the things we're talking about, to prepare for these things in a way that's not like what we see it. And and I think that we get challenged. You've been challenged many times that why don't we take a stand over here? Why don't we stand over there? Well, we're taking the stand. Our strategy is what we're doing, and that is to help people learn to abide with Christ and then them, them help other people. And that way it grows. There will be a tsunami of effect that will influence uh, many people around them. And we've already seen it influence cities. We've seen it influence governments governmental people, uh, jails, prisons. Uh, but it, it all goes back to the humble roots that we've always had, and that is just take a man and, and a woman and show them how to walk with Jesus. And we're not going to change that because we feel that is the plan that God has given us. Mm. That kind of reminds me of that quote that uh, it was just a question that you asked them dur where during the pandemic, is abiding enough? Yeah. You know, uh, because uh, a lot of people, their faith was propped up by their church or by organizations or even by other believers, you know, being around other believers, which is all great. And it's it's good to be in community and all that. But but abiding is is you and the Lord. And, and that's where your greatest strength as a believer comes from is that time with you and the Lord one on one. But people don't that people don't think that's enough. They always think they always want to add to that, right? <laughs> well, it's because they don't understand abiding. I think that they think it's a serendipity type of of floaty, uh, you know, peaceful Zen type experience. <laughs> and uh, abiding is is many times agony. Mm. Many times it requires blood, sweat, and tears. Many times it it requires the greatest courage to stand with the Lord against things that we would normally try to take control over. Mm. Uh, there is a training period in learning to abide that is extremely difficult, very challenging. Discipleship like that 
is very challenging. And we tell people that all the time. This is not going to be an easy ride for you. If you're serious about wanting to learn how to abide with Christ, let him take over your life and be able to work, do magnificent work through you. You have to be all in with it. Uh, and I think a lot of people think they see they see people that have this peace that's just you know bleeding out of them, and they they know that this person has talked about abiding, and they see this person's emphasis on abiding. They see the fruit of it, but they don't see the battle that the man or woman had to go through to get to that point. And so what that does is it creates tremendous courage. People that are able to stand and lead and influence simply because of their presence. And, uh, and when they get to know what really, what fighting is really like, then they'll understand that they probably have the wrong idea. And that's why they limit it. They, they limit on what the ability that God can do to a person who walks with him. Mm. Mm, that's good. That is good. Well, I think our, our time is up, Rocky. Thank you for your, your thoughts and encouragement. And, uh, and we're, we're just going to keep praying. We're going to keep kneeling <laughs> and keep hoping that uh, our people out there will do the same. And uh, God will, God will show us any, anything he needs us to do. He'll show us what to do out of our, our time kneeling, I think. So, so anyway, thanks for your time, Rocky. I'm glad to do it, man. Um, well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. We do these about once a week, and uh, we just want to encourage you uh, uh, in your abiding relationship. Also, want to also give you uh, access to understand some of our leaders and and some of the things they're doing. Hear some of the testimonies that are happening in this ministry, and and also dive into some of these tough things that are going on in society, and hopefully give you encouragement out of God's Word and out of our own abiding relationships. So, uh, I'm I'm happy to announce that our podcasts are now on all the platforms that you might listen to uh they're available now on apple google spotify other other platforms out there so we're praying that uh, some of these podcasts might reach people that don't even know about influencers and need to hear about what we're doing so be praying with us about that so anyway i'm brian craig executive director for influencers global ministries and uh, thank you for joining us today i'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in christ and go make disciples god bless you